0: Hi, welcome to Bookie, which unlock big ideas from world bestsellers in audio, text, and mind map. Please download Bookie at Apple Store or Google Play with more features. Get your free mind snack now. Today we will unlock the book Can't Hurt Me, Master Your Mind and Defy the Odds by David Goggins. In this book, Goggins shares with us how he turned his life around and overcame one obstacle after another by mastering his mind. Growing up, Goggins did not enjoy the typical carefree childhood that many of his peers did. Instead, he and his mother and brother lived under the tyranny of his abusive father, who exposed them to a world of violence and pain from a young age. This affected him for a long time. Young Goggins was unmotivated and aimless, with a rage within him which continued to eat him from the inside. Although he tried out for the Air Force at one point, he lacked the tenacity to complete his training and eventually dropped out on medical grounds. Struck by his own failure, he abandoned his health by binge eating and resigned himself to a mediocre life of working in pest control. All this started to change when he happened to watch a television program about Navy SEALs, which captured on camera the most notorious part of SEAL training, Hell Week. Instantly, Goggins was reminded of all the aspirations he once had, and decided it was time to pull himself together. From that point onwards, he never looked back, enduring 3 hell weeks to finally graduate top of his class as a Navy SEAL, and thereafter going on to set new records in long-distance running and endurance sports. Goggins turned his life around through what he calls mastering the mind. At any point when he felt like giving up, he would confront his own weaknesses, give himself a good scolding, and push himself to embrace his pain in this book, he candidly shivers the hardships he has endured throughout his life, as well as the strategies he used to gain mastery over his own mind and successfully conquer the odds, thereby inspiring us to do the same. Now, let us better understand the contents of Can't Hurt Me through three key parts. Part 1. Battling Outer and Inner Demons Throughout a Tumultuous Youth. Part 2. Conquering the Odds by Armoring the Mind and Body. Part 3. Discovering Power Through Failure and Setbacks Part 1, Battling Outer and Inner Demons Throughout a Tumultuous Youth In Part 1, we will learn of the outer and inner demons that plagued Goggins growing up, demons which had the power to shatter his will and destroy his life, if he had let himself succumb to them. From when Goggins was as young as six years old, his father Trunnies made him, as well as his mother and brother, work as free labor at his commercial establishments, a roller-skating rink called Skateland, and a bar above it. Each day he and his brother worked late into the night, doing everything from serving customers to cleaning toilets, before going to school early the next day, which inevitably affected their performance in school. Not only that, they had to dine and sleep in the back office instead of in the comfort of their home. The worst, however, was the physical abuse. Three incidents in particular stood out. The first took place after Goggins' mother revealed an expression of displeasure when she caught Trunny's flirting with a young woman who happened to be a prostitute engaged by Trunny's to serve clients. After they got home that night, Trunny's beat her up badly and even though she called the police afterwards, they turned a blind eye, leaving her and her two children at the mercy of Trunny's violent abuse. The second incident took place after Trunny's lost big at the horse race tracks and Goggins rebuffed him on the way home saying they should not have gone in the first place. This time, Goggins himself was whipped with a leather belt across his bare bottom till Trunny's was breathless and covered in sweat. The last incident was triggered by Goggins getting an ear infection. Goggins' mother brought him to the emergency room to get the infection treated. By doing so, she defied Trunny's who didn't allow anyone to spend his money on seeing doctors or dentists. Though the infection would have left Goggins deaf if his mother had not taken him to the hospital, Trunnies nevertheless beat his wife for not obeying him. Eventually, things reached a breaking point. With the help of an old neighbor, Goggins' mother hatched an escape plan. One day, she told Trunnies she was going to leave, and told her two boys that they could follow her if they wanted to. Enraged, Trunnies let them leave, telling his wife to never come back. Goggins followed his mother without thinking twice. His mother subsequently found a job at a department store, and though they barely managed to scrape by with her meager wages and state welfare, Goggins adjusted well to his new school and stopped wetting his bed. It seemed as though things might finally change for the better, but little did he know, his woes were far from over. Things started to go downhill once more when a new teacher, Ms. D., took over. Ms. D. labeled Goggins as a problem child and told his mother that he should go to a school for special students. This dealt a blow to Goggins' morale and caused him to develop a stutter, which made him even more self-conscious and susceptible to being a victim of Ms. D's frustrations. In order to remain enrolled, Goggins' mother had to agree to put him in a group therapy, which only worsened his anxiety and stuttering. He was even diagnosed with ADHD. In actual fact, while Goggins was not aware at the time, he was suffering from something with more complex and profound roots, toxic stress, an effect of the accumulated physical and emotional abuse he had been exposed to since a young child. Since he was misdiagnosed and neither therapy nor prescribed medication seemed to help, Goggins decided he would find an alternative way to avoid being ostracized at school, he would cheat his way through everything. In the meantime, while still carrying the weight of his traumatic childhood with him, Goggins was exposed to further trauma yet again. First, he witnessed firsthand a horrific car accident where a young child was run over by the bus he happened to be traveling on. He buried this memory deep in his mind, till yet another unexpected and brutal encounter with death. His mother's new partner Wilmoth, who had helped to restore a sense of stability and security to their lives, was shot to death shortly after he proposed to her due to reasons police had never figured out. After he and his mother rushed to the spot, as a 14 year old boy, he was once again exposed to the criminal scene where his would-be stepfather's blood soaked the whole place. With the fresh trauma of death layered upon the old trauma of his abusive childhood, the author continued to struggle with insecurity issues and carried on cheating his way through school. Another ingredient added fuel to the insecurities and rage within him, racism. One particular night, as Goggins was walking home with his friend, a pickup truck slowed down beside them, and some teenagers inside the truck yelled racial slurs at them. One of them even came down from the truck with a pistol and pointed it at the author, demanding to know where he was from and why he was there. Even the father of a girl he liked at the time called him racial slurs in front of him and told his daughter that he never wanted to see her with him again. The last straw, however, was when Goggins opened his workbook in class one day and saw that someone had drawn a picture of him with a noose, captioned with a death threat. When he reported it, the principal merely dismissed the incident as ignorance. Feeling helpless and disempowered in the face of continued racism, Goggins became drawn into black nationalism. He channeled his rage into becoming the exact stereotype that white people feared, from the way he dressed to the music that he listened to, just to provoke reactions out of people. So far, whether it was cheating his way through school or transforming himself into a walking stereotype, Goggin's behavior had been a reaction to external threats rather than driven by his own goals and desires. Subconsciously, it was his way of running away from his personal traumas rather than confronting them. There was, however, one dream that promised light at the end of a seemingly endless tunnel of anger and fear, the dream of joining the Air Force. This dream came from his grandfather, who served as a cook there for thirty-seven years and was so proud of his experience. In spite of everything, Goggins was sufficiently motivated to join the Civil Air Patrol, the civilian branch of the Air Force, and attended a week-long pararescue jump orientation course. There, a pararescuman named Scott Gearin came to speak to them and shared his story of survival. He had gotten into a terrible accident once which left him with injuries so severe that he was told he could never be a pararescuman again. However, eighteen months later, he defied all odds and went back to being a pararescuman. His story resonated strongly with Goggins, who also felt like he was free-falling in a sense due to all the traumatic experience and racist experiences. This story gave him something to cling to, and he made up his mind to join the Air Force. Two other incidents gave him another push, and that was when he started to change. In order to qualify for the military, everyone needs to pass the Armed Services Vocational Aptitude Battery Test, or ASFOB. He was about to cheat his way through just like what he did at school, but when he arrived at the spot, he realized that his usual way of copying others didn't work out anymore because everyone around him was doing different tests. He was on his own and failed the test not surprisingly. At about the same time, the school had sent him a letter to inform him, That he may not graduate unless he showed a significant improvement in his grades and attendance. By then, his mother had become so resigned that she did not even demand an apology or explanation upon notification. Goggins decided that it was time to sober up. He put himself through a ritual where he would shave his face and scalp every night, and as he did so, he would give himself a hard lecture. He started to write his goals down on post-it notes and stick them on the mirror, Which he called the accountability mirror, so that he could see them every day as he shaved. He confronted his own weaknesses, calling himself out without sugarcoating the truth or blaming his failures on others. He began to wake up at 5 a.m. to do weight training before going to school and also ran constantly. In addition, he developed a system to help him overcome his greatest challenge learning by writing down notes and then memorizing them and then doing it over and over again till it stuck. Finally, after all his hard work, he succeeded, he made it into the Air Force. Today we are just sharing limited content. To unlock more key insights of world-class bestseller please download our app. Just search for B-O-O-K-E-Y at Apple Store or Google Play, get your free mind snack now.